I'm Dylan Garland. I'm Paul Kimball. I'm Holly Stevens. And we are Beyond Haunted. Okay, start this off because our, our fearless leader has come back from the dead. Woot! That's you, Paul. You're the fearless leader. <laughs> Neither of those two things are true. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week, it's funny because we had a lot of questions that we wanted to ask and you weren't here. Mm, a lot of questions, we Paul. were We were pretty convinced that you were ducking away so you didn't have to answer said questions. It'll be as if I'm not here this time too because I'm not answering any questions about demons. What? Episode's over. Oh, that's awesome. That's this whole, the whole You're doing the Cooper's thing. The, the whole episode's about Dylan. It's all Dylan all the time. It's pretty much Dylan. All Dylan has questions. Dylan does have questions. About demons. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess, okay, for the sake of argument, I guess I could save my demon questions until Yarmouth because I feel like those are where they really come out. Yeah, they'd, they'd be better addressed too. To Holly. Yes. Excuse me. And, well, there is, well the, in Yarmouth, there is the Baphomet issue we will have oh, to discuss yes, at some point. Quite. Uh, Paul. That's childish pranks. Childish pranks. Okay, cool. Childish it's all pranks that fun you, and games when you someone see, loses a soul. Well, as I as I've said in the past episode, I sold mine a while ago, so I don't know what he wants now. Okay, uh, Cooper's in part two. Um, we open with some madness, I guess. Well, I, I guess let's let's very quickly recap what happened last time. Uh, we showed up, and I kind of immediately noticed that it was the location of my dream. Uh, and that was the top floor of the harbor suite of Cooper's Inn. And it was a very unpleasant dream, malevolent dream, where I got lifted. I, I would probably use the term attacked in my dream. Never been to Cooper's Inn, and then I realized that, hey, well, that's, that's, this is the place of my dream. Uh, family history, I have parts of my family that have lived there. A grandfather, uh, my mother and her sister and her brother, along with my grandmother. And things just got consistently, consistently weird the second we stepped foot into the harbor suite. So, Paul, you weren't here last week. Uh, and what did you feel when you went to the harbor suite? Because I kind of asked others how they felt about the place. How'd I feel? I don't know. I thought it was a nice place to you know spend a honeymoon. Didn't um, Honestly, it didn't really... Nothing about the location really freaked me out, having been at uh, Astor Theater, which is a, a freakier location, and having been at Queens County, which... Actually, not a weird location, but weird things that happened. You know, I actually thought Cooper's was going to be a bit of a, not a walk in the park, but, you know, a sort of, ah, this will be an easier episode. Inns, inns. What can go wrong in an inn? Um, so, yeah, no, I I didn't feel anything. In fact, if you look at the first episode, you'll see you're the one who's sort of weirded out. And I'm just there going, cool. All right, well, I guess we'll have to do a segment with Dylan up here alone later tonight kind of thing. <laughs> Which I gotta say, I, I kind of hindsight being twenty twenty. I wish you would have. You should have. You should have put the boss hat on and said, "Get up there alone." Well, would have made it, editing the episode easier. <laughs> um, but uh, we would have. I would have had more to choose from. But nah, that's you know, I, it all worked out fine. I think, cool. unless folks watch the episode and they go, "This is terrible," in which case, hey, next week it's Yarmouth. Well, my mom liked it. The old Yarmouth jail, so. She thought it was funny. She specifically liked watching how uncomfortable you were, Dylan. Oh, lovely. Yeah, she legitimately laughed out loud. She's like, look at Dylan, look how uncomfortable he is. Oh my God, poor guy. 
Yeah. Well, there you go, Paul. So her, yeah. her mom's like that. That's that's you'll get used to it. Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, this one was a pretty heavy me one, I guess. Um, All right, see you later. See you later. It's just the solo hour with D- Dylan. Survivor Demon, series is Ace on Demon right Demon now. Uh, the smell. I want to jump into the smell because I'm not the only one that smelt it. I'm sorry about that. I've been sick. I'm wearing Vicks vapor rub. Oh. You meant the episode, not right now. The Sorry. one we <laughs> smelted. I swear the to God, one that we smelt, not rubber. the one that you dealt. That right. was a different scenario. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so I thought I was the only one that was smelling this, and it smelled like to me what was a a workshop. Like it smelled like burning wood or wood being cut through a saw or, or whatever. But it was very distinct because it smelled like a specific smell of a wood shop, which I know makes probably no sense to most people. But it immediately reminded me of something that I could smell in the past. It was a nostalgia smell, which exists. I know it exists. Holly, you said you smelt it too? I did. Yeah. Um, when I came up after you guys started freaking out upstairs, because I was downstairs, you guys were going to do a segment. Um, and I heard, I was just like, no way. I've got to go at least see what's happening right now. And as I was coming up the stairs, I, I had um, this scent of, it, it was like a cigar wood smoky kind of um aroma but i didn't know at the time that you had actually smelt something oh really no that's interesting no i just noticed it as i came upstairs and you guys were hmm. and then the rem pop is wigging out well that's what caught me off guard because i had the i was sitting there ready to roll or i think it was rolling i think some of the pre-roll somewhere out in the ether exists um but i'm just standing there and i'm waiting um just to get settled up and whatever we were waiting on and it just completely turned my body around because I smelt it behind me, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it was in the kind of the doorway coming up to the kitchen. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. there's this very, very thin, which you see in the episode, this thin, almost kind of spiral staircase kind of um, that is very hard to get up. It's not a wide staircase. So I had to go up first. And it completely spun me around right in the doorway. And uh, it, it the, the timing of the REM pod is the weirdest thing for me. Because you smelt that. I smelt that. I proceeded to say, uh, do you smell that to Chelsea? And she goes, yes, I smell that. And then I said, you know what it smells like? My grandfather's barn. And then I turned the camera, which you see in the episode, I've named Cecil after the grandfather that lived there. I was turning the camera, and as soon as my finger touched his name, that thing went nuts. The REM pod. Yeah. Context is key, which I've learned from Paul. Right. And some of that's in the episode, and some of it's not, because the parts that you just described there's no real audio for it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, I didn't realize Chelsea smelt it as well. Yeah, she she told me she didn't smell it as distinctly though. Like it was just that was the only thing I was smelling. Interesting. Just, like it hit my nose. Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, REM pod hasn't done that since. Has it done it since? I don't think it has. No, I'm shaking my head. No, no, it hasn't. No, not to my knowledge. So the two times that we, it's you, know, you see in the episode that we discussed this in the end, or near the end, um, the two times that really, really went off like crazy was with you at Queens, Paul. Mm. That was with, the temperature gauge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is completely different yeah, scenario. T- yeah. Well, it's also a completely different um, interaction with mm-hmm. the instrument. And then for me here, which is, with, yeah. with our high technology designed it. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology REMPOD. The MIT REMPOD? With its two pages of, yeah. Oh, wait, that's the Armith episode where I refer 
Nope, sorry, it is the uh, Cooper's episode where we're not dealing with <laughs> MIT t- design technology here. What? Still, things are supposed to work in a certain way, and when they don't work in a certain way, then even if they're not particularly complicated devices, that's anomalous. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because it, it's, it's, it's when... It, it's the times that... Because we left it up there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Was it not up there for hours? Yeah. And it never did that. And we were shooting segments up there. It didn't make the show, but we were up there constantly. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it did do it a great deal when Kim Bennett was up there. However, we there's it's not in the episode. Um, I could have put it in the episode if you right. want to include a debunking segment. Sure. There's um, there's a whole series, a whole uh, Holly and Kim go through it in particular, trying to figure out why the REM pod is going nuts out mm-hmm. um, over by the window in the area where you say you saw the dream. And then you realize as you're watching, and then they realized shortly after, but the camera picks it up first. Hey, Kim's wearing her, her microphone, wireless mic, her wireless mic pack. And it's, you know, they, so they ran a couple of tests and yep, clearly that's what's been sending it off. And, um, and there was another, and she, the reason we were going up to the, um, the Harbor Suite in the first place was Kim wanted to tell a story or right, some yeah. such about um, something that had been, ha- she'd been feeling weird up there and, and said she had something happening with the REM pod. For me, it was just, you know, everybody was kind of on edge. Kim was definitely on edge at that point. Uh, I, I wasn't actually, I was in pretty good mood, but everybody else was kind of, you know, sort of pretty edgy up there. Sure. And uh, I think that's because it, we were seeing a kind of activity that we hadn't seen before uh, involving you. Right. But I also think Kim was on edge uh, because of what had been happening with her earlier, which mm-hmm. I think is explainable. So there was two different types of REM pod activity, if you will. Yep. One which we can explain, and we did, um, although not on camera, but you're hearing about it now, folks. And so when you see us first walk up in the episode and uh, Dylan starts to describe his experience and Kim interrupts him, and says uh, something along the lines of, you know, that thing has been going nuts for me or whatever. Right. And uh, I sort of look at her and I go, you know, I paraphrasing now, but I don't discount your experience. I'm just telling you, I think it's actually going nuts for Dylan right now. This this isn't about you. And so there was, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. there were, it was, yeah, it was one of those weird kind of things where different people were um, looking for answers. In a looking sense. at things in different ways and actually in a very idiosyncratic way, they were all, and by they, I suppose, I mean you and Kim, I guess, because you're Mm -hmm. the two, you were imprinting the experience on your own personal experience, or you were using your own personal experiences to imprint on the, what was happening. So Kim saw it as something that was unique to her, although I think she came around and said, sure, maybe it's about Dylan. Um, Whereas you tended to see it, you know, you went down the Cecil route, which is fair, because we all encouraged you to do that. And Peer pressure, folks. Yes. (laughs) The difference for me, having looked at the footage, uh, and to me, there's a reason why your footage made it into the episode and Kim's didn't, is because yours seemed to actually make sense. Um, there was no technical explanation for what was happening. We turned right. the thing on and off. We because we were worried batteries. there was batteries. Yeah, yeah. We but then the batteries we took them out, took them back in, and it was back. also responding directly to questions you were asking it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that with Kim. What I saw with Kim's uh, experience was that. When she walked by with a mic pack, right. uh, with her mic pack, it would go bloop, bloop, bloop. 
kind of thing. So th- two different types of experiences. The timing was weird for mine. And I, and I didn't really, because y- y- we do these shows and it's just this kind of a blur of things. And you don't really get to reflect on anything until, what, days later, really? We tend to if focus that. on one thing. It's like yeah. this one thing happened. It, it was pretty nuts, the consistency of question-answer session that we were doing. That yeah. Would... Well, there were more questions. So, again, time yeah, of compression. Course, yeah. So, if you see Dylan ask one, which is, did you make a puzzle, I think, or something. Yeah, I was asking very specific questions. Right. So, I <laughs> used that one. I think there were three others. Yeah. And of the other three, there were similar responses. It's just mm-hmm. if I was to use the other three, it would have taken a minute and a half of uh, TV time. And I had other things that I want to, you know, you, you have to try and get as much in as you can. So, right. but those, those other questions, that wasn't the only time it was, it interacted with you positively or seemed to interact with you in a yeah. intelligent way, if you will, uh, three or four times. Yeah, it's weird because everything was kind of building up upon itself, which I think is is when we usually take these experiences as a whole. Sometimes we, I, I'd argue, we take kind of one or two things that uh, are really weird and then kind of go down that rabbit hole. But this was an ep- or a location that just kind of like, here's the baseline, and we're giving you building blocks that seem to add up to whatever we were or I was experiencing. Um, I I did find it interesting too, because looking back, I realized this was the location that I kind of felt like we were closing a door and not that kind of door because we tend to open a lot of doors on the show. We? Two people in the room, the man speaking not included, uh, like to open doors and send stuff. Anyways, that's for a future episode. Uh, But I I felt like it was was a moment for me, at least, where I, I turned myself into that next chapter of I don't know what to call it ghost hunter you know what I mean where I was completely skeptic like I was just it was this weird kind of feeling where okay now that I've had this experience that if this was it for me for the rest of my life I can still say wow I had something really personal happen to me and it's an experience that really kind of changed the way I think about what we're doing from this moment on I felt like a completely different person a little bit lighter in terms of uh what I was looking at and what I was looking for and all that stuff. I just felt very different. felt like a chapter was closing. A new one was starting. If that makes any metaphorical sense whatsoever. Sure. That didn't last long though. <clears throat> well, no, the cause then, feeling. uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it's good to have a high, but listen, you can't, you can't appreciate the sunny days without the rainy days. Yeah. And well, if those rainy days happen to have, uh, demon spirits, involved and i guess that's my life now well uh, you too no light without the dark it um comes back to the question of if there was something there was it at uh, cooper's right yeah so was it cecil and i know you'd like to think that it was and on the night we certainly seem to walk away thinking yeah okay pretty positive sure um or is it something masquerading as cecil or Mac in a previous episode or whatever mm-hmm. um, because or were there more than uh, if there was anything up there you know were there more than one thing or was there more than one thing be grammatically correct so you have Cecil let's say just Cecil whatever you were dealing with yeah but then you you know you also have some audio that remains indeterminate as far as the crew is concerned yes so uh, my brother still doesn't hear anything I mean he hears something obviously he just does isn't willing to say it's anything like a particular word or anything right yeah other people heard my name but then changed their minds sort of and came around to your interpretation which was be gone 
Well, yeah, I still hear that. I heard that from day the second you showed me. Right, and so did I. Um, so let's assume uh, I, I never heard my name. Um, I heard I heard your name. It was what Chelsea described, which was the <sighs> Paul. Yeah, it's it's weird how people hear what they want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I wanted to hear your name. Exactly, for, mm. but as said by a demon or something. Well, I didn't have to be from a demon. I mean, however, having listened to it many times, and especially when it was sped up. It sounded more like two separate yeah. words. Yep. That being "be gone," as if, as if said by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Be well, gone. No, <laughs> that's not what he says. So. <laughs> did the did the voice did the voice sound any at all familiar to you, Dylan? Oh God, no, no. no. Okay, it, it sounded it, well. It's the one thing that that we did in the show that I've been struggling with, aside from your queen's experience which is is just an anomaly on itself that's messed up i mean this is one me and paul have had major conversations about this where it wasn't going to make the show then it was and it wasn't it was just this kind of back and forth of well what is this what could it be could it be debunked and we've never really come to a concrete answer on what it is but the one thing that's weird about it is that um for for somebody to have gone up and faked this there would have had to have been two people or somebody who was extremely uh talented with their voice and should probably go on like get a ripley blue or not or something because the b and the gone overlap before they finish when you look at the audio you mean well when you hear it like the b before that ends they go into God. so it's like right no yeah. one can see this on, on audio but like it overlaps itself the words overlap and yeah. it sort of sounds and we could probably all do that although it's seems like more of a man's voice so yeah maybe, yeah i maybe would Holly say that as well do it. but you know i could if i wasn't all ragged because i have a cold i could probably you know sort of do a credible being on kind of thing so you know it's easy to say that somebody could have faked it um and I, somebody could have that's what we struggled with but we know who was in the house so i know first of all i can listen to the audio yeah so you know, again, it's a 30-minute or 24-minute television show. I'm not going to play the four minutes beforehand and the four minutes after. But there's nothing. Like, there's rain and everything. So yeah. somebody, when you walk on floors, you make footsteps. You can hear footsteps when other people are up there. Now, it's not to say somebody couldn't have uh, taken their shoes off and walked in sock feet, could have been very, very careful. But there's no rustling of clothes. No. There's no you know, um, ancillary talk, you can hear in the background people downstairs talking. Mm -hmm. So um, I know where, for instance, Holly was, Chelsea was, and Kim was, because I can hear all their voices yep. at different times. I don't hear Jim's, but I know where he was. He was downstairs on the very first floor in the monitor room, setting up the monitors. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can, <clears throat> I can check Jim off. So that leaves you and me from crew members. Well, I know where I was. Folks can either take my word or then not take my word, but I was not up on the third floor. And I know where you were. I, I can tell you, uh, as a very matter of fact, that I would not be going up there alone <laughs> to fake an right. audio anomaly. Sorry. So we can rule you out. So then that leaves... That <laughs> I leaves, didn't want to go up there with people, let alone me by myself. That leaves me. And I was moving between different groups of people on the first and second floor. So uh, theoretically, I suppose, I'm the one person who could have walked up there and did it. But I didn't. No. And you don't hear, I mean, I'd have to be extremely stealthy, plus, as you say, which I'm not, <laughs> clumsy, plus, as you say, um, it does sound like the words are it, are running together. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's or if they're words. So it's very, it's weird. 
And you could also go to the Tim Hortons in Shelburne and because uh, that's where I went to have dinner. And I was reviewing the first hour and 10 minutes because I went up, didn't know it was on, picked it up. And you could probably find the people who were at the Shelburne Tim Hortons who saw, because I was alone, I, I just wanted to have dinner alone, who could who saw my face. I don't know. I, I don't even know where you guys went for dinner. I think you were going we to some pizza place. We went to A1 Pizza. Oh, right. And I didn't want to get pizza. Right. I want something remote. Yeah. I want something remotely healthy so I get soup and a sandwich. Right. Right. So there were all these people in the Tim Hortons and they thought I was nuts because mm-hmm. I had this little tape recorder and I kept listening to something that whatever it was. And my face would have, you know, my food was sitting in front of me and I wasn't eating. And it was like, holy crap. But... So it's one of the better pieces of so-called evidence that I've ever gotten. The one thing I couldn't say is I couldn't tell you that people we don't know didn't wander up and do it. I just don't know who those people would be. Plus, they'd have to get into the house and, you know, they'd have to go up three flights of stairs, two flights of stairs, sorry. And they'd have to get past all of us and we were all moving around. I mean, sure, Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible could have done it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Could have been Batman. Right. Yeah. But it would be a bit of a stretch. Well, there's also the gate, too. Like, there's wooden stairs that are old and creaky. Right. To get the up gate there. squeaks. There's a gate that squeaks. Yep. Like, there's so many aspects where, I mean... And the two owners were in the house as well. But mm-hmm. while I can't say for sure where they were, they they have a sort of owner's suite down on the first floor where they live. And they yep. confined themselves into that area. And I don't think they could have gotten up either. Nor did no. they seem particularly interested in... Um, you know, faking anything because frankly, they were happy to have us there, but they, they weren't all that happy to have us there. If we found anything that was disturbing, it doesn't serve their interests to have, you know, a demonic presence in there. If that, you and know, we're or not some, saying that's what it is or anything that's even scary. Actually, you know what? It doesn't serve their print, their, their purpose, commercial purposes to have anything say, be gone, whatever it is. <laughs> no, probably not. Functional in. Unless yeah. as we discussed, it was something saying it to whatever was, Malevolent there. It's the tale of two spirits. Yeah. You you did talk about uh, the story that they reiterated to you regarding the gentleman who stayed there and had that presence. Did it say anything to him? He saw a man, didn't he, standing over him? I think that's the story, isn't it? Something like that. You'd have to watch the episode. Honestly, I can't remember yeah. the exact details because mm-hmm. it was five, six months ago they told me. But it was a guy there on his honeymoon. Mm-hmm. That I remember. And... Um, Said, woke up, saw, felt very uncomfortable, and I think he saw something. I think he saw something shadowy. But the, yeah. I think I talk about it in the episode. So, and he described it as very like oppressive and right. just yes. not, not friendly. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it was the only time that the owners knew of that somebody had said anything bad was there. Because most of the time, I think they were just seeing like windows would right. pop open or something simplistic like that. Like my grandmother had a story, which is kind of creepy if you think about it. Um, where there was uh, one of the rooms which you see me and Kim talking in in the end of the episode or near the end of the episode, where that's where the toy room used to be for my uncle, who was probably like three or four at the time. And uh, my grandmother during school hours was cleaning up or whatever, and she went to clean all the toys in his, his room, and they were just already put back, and it wasn't from him. So he would leave them like scattered everywhere. So that was the only story about the harbor suite that was malevolent in any sense other thing was just like tidy ghost well yeah because there's a story that i don't think we ever got into it um and it could be rumor and whatever but there's a story that one of the spirits that could be there and i'm using air quotes on an audio podcast (laughs) um was a like somebody who wanted to keep the place clean 
and there was these stories that things would be put back neatly and we actually tested that never, never ha- nothing ever happened but we would put pillows in weird places to see if they would move and stuff like that yeah, yeah. the the one thing that did happen that uh i mean didn't make it into the show but uh um the owners had said that they they had closed all the windows and yeah. they remembered windows being unlocked from time to time and they didn't realize that that was an ongoing thing when your grandmother was living there yeah, yeah. And when we got there, there was a there was a window upstairs that was unlocked, and I asked her about it, and she said, "Absolutely no, they should all be locked." And I said, "Oh, because this one was open," and she was just like, "What?" Yep, it's weird. Yeah, this is weird. Don't think that one. Don't think that one was on camera. No, it was I not. I don't think so. So, because I don't remember seeing it. It's one of those things too, because we're filming, you know, the hours and hours of footage, and we still can't catch everything. Well, yeah, you see a window unlocked, you don't necessarily think it's paranormal until oh, exactly. you talk to yeah. someone later on, and they swear a hundred percent that everything upstairs is locked. Yep. I thought, honestly, I thought the whole place was going to be a dud. Like, I just took a look at the location. I said, "No, oh, it's nice." Dylan gets to see his where his mother and grandmother lived, but um, you know, nothing was happening, and. Uh, And the thing with Chelsea, yeah, she saw something in the window. I am perfectly willing to write that off as bird or flying debris or or who knows. It's one hell of a bird. Um, Mm. Or more than one. That one, one, it's in the episode. uh, So your first introduction really to Chelsea, folks. But, you know, there was other stuff too. Uh, I just don't think anything was happening. And then Mm. stuff started to happen upstairs, which turned it into a more interesting. We weren't even going to use it. Right. Uh, which is why the network, you know, they're not angry at me, but they were a little, I, I ran a little behind because I had other episodes that were going to be episodes five, six, seven, you know, I had a plan. And about three weeks ago, I actually took a look at all the Cooper's footage and decided, you know what? Yeah, I think I can make two episodes out of this. And, uh, turns out I had more, I could have done three probably. Um, but I started editing pretty late. So I kind of I screwed up my delivery schedule, but that's because I thought it was, you know, it made more interesting television than I remembered it being. Sure. And if I'd stuck the stuff in, you know, between Holly and Kim, or I could have done a whole debunking segment of Holly and Kim up there, you know, like this is this and this, oh, oh, this is what this is. And those segments, you know, aren't bad. It shows, I think we've done one already where we, yeah, at the Queens County Museum where we say it's not that counter that's moving in and out, that drawer or whatever, Um, debunked. So, you know, we do a lot of that stuff. It's just the more interest. We have other interesting stuff that, you know. So just assume that we've debunked everything that you don't see. Like there's other sure, stuff that yeah. we've probably said, oh, no, it's this or that. If you do see it, it's probably because uh, it's stuff we couldn't explain. Yeah. Uh, and in most cases still can't. So, you know, like the Liverpool courthouse. Dud. Nothing happened. But a fun night, oddly enough, <laughs> which makes it into the show. Because that lunch, okay. I that still lunch, want my bail money. It did That's a good have, yeah. it did have a very high level of EMF. That was one thing that was odd about that location. Yes, it, it was did. probably electrical. Explain what EMF is. Electromagnetic field. Cool. It's one of the things that we run around detecting all the time. It sets off the ED and the uh, REM pod, and um, what else do we use? Uh. The mail meter. That's what yes, I'm trying to think of. I was yeah, to think anything of the name. that detects yeah. electromagnetic field, but it also comes from electrical. Mm-hmm. Um, devices that one had a had a low level i think around two to three in some places four emf reading which was was odd yeah. i do think it was electrical i ran all the way around the building outside as well and it kind of went way out into the street yeah we also figured that we realized near the end that there are 
a lot of wires. There were a lot of wires, place. and and um, Chelsea was having problems with the sound there as well too. Yeah, but that one that one we could pretty much explain. Um, I, I I did find it weird though that the the only place that I felt kind of weird in the uh, courthouse was the jail hallway, not the jail itself, but the hallway leading to I believe what was like a furnace or a water heater oh, yeah. or something. It when it was completely dark down there, that was the only place that I felt weird. The rest of it was just like this almost weird, weirdly comfortable night off for us that just happened to be a work night for some of us. I mean, um, and they've turned it into a museum now, so it was yeah, a decommissioned yeah, cool. courthouse. My dad used to preside there actually when he would be on circuit mm-hmm. when he was a young judge. Um, it was the last episode that Kim did. Yes, yeah, uh, for the series. Um. And part of that, you know, there's there's whole segments. She was having a, by that point, um, the stress of, you know, her, and she, it's on camera, so I, I'm not spilling any secrets, but if folks wonder why, you know, she didn't, she's not in the rest of the episodes, it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, she had reached the end of her journey and mm-hmm. she was starting to really, you can either... You can either walk away from all of this sort of stuff and go, you know, it is what it is. Um, I have conversations with my wife or friends every now and then to say, you haven't brought anything home, have you? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Then I go make, you know, mozzarella sticks or mm. or something. But uh, Kim, be- her father had passed away a couple of years ago. And there's a whole, there's a thing at the end. I came out and uh, she was sitting in the courtroom in the main area and she was crying. And I could hear it from the jail cells. And I you know, at that point we had a conversation and she was just, she talked about her dad and I tried to be sympathetic, which is rare for me. Um, but at that point I kind of figured, you know, maybe this is, there's two ways you can go with this and that's, so, um, she brought a lot to the first, uh, six episodes, um, including the segment at the end of the Cooper's episode, um, the second episode, not the courthouse stuff, but yeah, when yeah. you see her, you talking to her when she had written that stuff down. Yep. And so I thought that was a nice way, you know, to, I don't want to say write her out of the show, but to to say goodbye in the sense that, uh, you know, that was kind of like where her journey ended for her, Mm -hmm. that she had, uh, her perspectives had opened up and she had done something, had a nice moment with you and everything. Um, But by the time we got to the courthouse, it was clear that it was really starting to weigh on her in a way that it wasn't, it doesn't weigh on me. So, you know, um, some people are, are better able to handle this than other people uh so that's why folks won't see her just in case they're wondering uh next week at yarmouth jail or or in any of the episodes uh, after that sure um but she brought a lot to the show and glad we or show to the investigations for the first yeah, yeah. including dexter's where we were which doesn't make it into the series just except snippets. in the flashback sequence yeah right into the flashback sequence which i know you both want to talk about so the and here so here it is if I actually had footage of me calling down demons, I would have used it. I have footage of me. I went through all of it because I always had my audio recorder on. I never called down a demon. What I had to use was footage of me after the fact, probably about an hour later, um, talking about how I, I can't even remember how I word it, but jokingly saying, you know, I realize in hindsight it's, and then at the time, I didn't open a portal to a demon. In fact, I specifically, and I, I can stick this up on the internet, I specifically ruled demons out. I specifically said, you know, if there's anything down here in the basement that would uh, like to make contact, you know, you're welcome to do it. 
maybe even a D. And then I, you hear me go, nope, not ready for that. Nope, not like, don't want to go there. So what you see an hour later is me sort of um, talking about uh, to myself almost, like how I almost went there, but I didn't actually go there. And mm-hmm. I didn't send you down into a basement where I had summoned a demon. So I didn't want to put that footage in the episode for two reasons. It's A, not as interesting, and B... It's not as good, frankly, because it was all filmed on the CCTV camera, whereas the... I'm just... It's funnier with what I'm doing. It is. So, but um, I did not summon a demon in the basement. Oh, in the basement. Yeah. In the basement. That's very specific oh, wording yeah. on your what part. Well, we anywhere all? else. Fine. I didn't summon a demon funny, anywhere though, else in Dexter. So you're telling me that you're lying on Facebook. <gasps> what? Because there's currently a photo on Facebook from a CCTV clip where you are sitting in front that of the captain's bed. Uh-huh. In Wait, front of captain's bed in the captain's room, like the the Big nicer room at Dexter's. Oh, at yes. Dexter's in yeah. front of a Ouija board where you had mentioned uh, your good old buddy He's laughing now. Baphomet. I'm jo- I was joking about that. I did you... put the Ouija board there, and I I was, but that was a joke. So this is fun. So what you, know... you see in the show is canon. What you see Can- on my, okay. What you see on my Facebook posts that's legends. Those are legends. There you go. Exactly. So. And we can talk about now the stuff about Baphomet when I was younger in law school. Uh-huh. My friend Peter Black and I—that's absolutely true. Right. But was I sitting up in the uh, captain's room, whatever it was called there? In um, no. And in fact, the clo- the CCTV camera is—I took a still from that, and you can watch all of the footage. A, I'm not there very long, and mm-hmm. B, you could bring a lip reader in and find out what I'm saying, and it's I'm not summoning a demon. Oh, here's a question. So, I just want to let you know that you are probably 40% of the reason my blood pressure is high over the past couple of months because of that. <laughs> Why so. are you checking your blood pressure? Well, it's a good thing to do. The answer's in the room, Holly. Me? And you're part of that. No. Okay, so here's the thing. I, and I don't, I don't want to get an argument. I no, never, no I never summoned a demon Fine. at Dexter's. Did you summon anything? No. Well, okay. hold on. And anything, Our job is to open yes, doors. So there's a, there's a long, I never offered to have anybody possessed or anything. It was all very personal to me. Sure. So I sat in the basement and I said, look, if there's anything down here that wants to make contact, here I am. Okay. You know? Boom. All right. The problem is that perception is reality. So Ooh. when you left the basement and nope. you came upstairs and you said to me, hey, Holly, I probably opened a demon portal downstairs. <laughs> Time for you to go downstairs. Have fun. And I went downstairs. That started a chain of events. No, not really. It started a chain of events that then led to the Queens County Museum. No, nothing happened in Dexter's. There's no chain of events. Dexter's, honestly, folks, Dexter's was a dud. Nothing happened in Dexter's. Well, well, I mean, the footsteps. Dylan and Chelsea's first paranormal experience. Nothing that would ever make it on television. (laughs) I tried editing that clip. Nothing that would ever make it on television. I'm not even going to point to the fact that you uh, wanted me possessed in the while standing on or near the Gorham gravesite. If I had to find approximate cause for where anything out in the ether might want to come through, I'd point to that one. But I'll let people make up their That's own mind. That's what I was saying. A chain of events, Paul. So oh. you started that, and then I went to the gravesite and did exactly what you did, which what? was I was just playing and having fun. What is however, it, junior high? No, but however, I, but let I me didn't. Finish. But I didn't do anything. I but just you told you told I did something. Me Ladies and gentlemen, something. you actually that did something. That is the something. same. This is yeah. what a haunted is. However, this is Dylan, Dylan, you're a neutral this is arbiter. What we deal with. Do you, do you think that's <laughs> actually the same? When let you... me finish. When I said if you wanted to possess somebody, uh, I not wasn't somebody, Paul. Paul. I was not speaking in a malevolent way. 
Uh, I never meant for that to be an evil thing. That was simply me saying, you're welcome to make contact. I used the word possession, and you took that as a negative thing, but it was never meant to be a negative thing. Okay, so I I swear the Trump campaign is going to need you when the impeachment starts. That's disgusting. So um, now that let's let's let the air settle. Yeah. With you saying and putting the thought of demons in her head. Yes. Did that cause you to perhaps uh, subconsciously open your head up to what was maybe not opened? Of course it did. And maybe you opened it. Of course it did. Without thinking. So One of my indirectly, good friends, Paul my has... good friends that I haven't seen for I don't even know how long, the first thing he asked me to do when oh we come God. back to paranormal investigation is go down to a basement where he says he right. has opened a demon portal. It wasn't, wasn't the first thing I asked you to do. The first thing I asked you to do was to interview the owners of the home. Said, I mean, this might have been the fifth thing. And you know okay. what? You've, if you know me you as a good friend as you say you are, and I'm starting to have my doubts, you should know when I'm joking. Oh, I know demons. you well enough to know that that was a very yeah, it's true. likely. It's, it is within my wheelhouse. Is something that I could do, but I didn't. So, um, so yeah, no, I didn't. However, I will say that I did mention demon, even though I said I don't want any demons. Not ready for that yet. But yes. I, I did. I must have been the first you know person the on the shoot that used that word. When I um, this isn't a true story. This is simply semantics. Uh, when I was walking down the street the other day and uh, someone pulled a knife on me, I said, I don't want to be mugged. And he just left. Isn't that great? It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah but nobody pulled a knife on me. The mind does not hear negatives. That you know I, of. I was you, alone. <laughs> when you, know you say not demons. If I saw a demon, <laughs> oh, if I saw a demon <laughs> standing in the room, I wouldn't, you know. Like, oh, I'd be done. I'd be out. Yeah, well, I, then again. Next well, week. Let's talk about next week. What's next week? Well, next week no, is Yarmouth. No, it'll be the week after. Yarmouth? No, no, not specifically that. Just let's let's talk about what's coming up oh, in, oh, the, in the pipeline here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yarmouth Jail. That was fun. Well, we're talking a lot about demons, and we're talking about a lot about opening doors and stuff, and uh, it's now, funny. Now, Yarmouth Jail, I really did screw up and bring, <laughs> bring something but, in. But your but this heart was, fu- was in the right place. But this was because Holly well, had set... that in, makes it okay. Holly, sure. Holly had set in motion a chain of events at the Queens County Museum that yeah. led me you to this. And, uh, and I have to say, when I opened it, the difference between Holly and I, Open whereas door. she has consistently tried to put these things on other people, right. mainly Paul and Dylan, when I call forth, and you'll see it next week in the Yarmouth episode, the spirit of an old uh, foe of mine, Oh yes. I do it specifically for me. I say, come talk to me. Nobody else, just me. That's I learned true. my lesson That's on the stage true, at the at the Astor Theater. You did say, Never come, throw it on you did probably else. did say, yes, come forth and talk to me. And then we heard something upstairs, and what did you say? Hey, Holly, why don't you go check up that noise upstairs? Well, that's because I was doing a segment, The Cell. That's just pure logistics. And then I said, <laughs> I know that look. I've seen that look before. I should probably go up with, yes, let's go do it together. And now folks don't oh. have to watch the Yarmouth episode because they know yeah, how it ends. Yeah. Yes, but you, you probably totally want to watch, watch the Yarmouth episode yeah. because a lot of weird stuff happens. So next week we dive into, um, I would argue, our creepiest looking location mm. that we've ever done. Uh, at least for haunted, I don't know what oh, you guys God. have seen. For, yeah, that, for no, that was your past, but uh, it is the creepiest location. It is perfect for a horror movie, and it was our own personal horror movie once things really started going. And the best thing about the Yarmouth Jail is that, um, unlike the prisoners who may have been locked up there or hanged, I don't. I'm not too convinced things stayed there when we left. But we'll have to wait right. until that airs. Yeah, no, it was the creepiest and also the most environmentally hazardous. Oh, uh, yeah. And we probably all got like 
asbestos poisoning or something guaranteed no Black bathrooms mold. so no power no which i have a great story about finding out oh as yeah. a you know the technical side of things oh, to learn it. that we had no power you found out the, the same time before. i did yeah but we all got a little kick in and the they did so, have bathrooms they just didn't work so they yes. didn't have running water Ooh, God, so, so never use those yeah. cooper's in as a location final thoughts holly what do you think went down mm. how do you feel good bad ugly what's what's the sit combination here? combination i think um i think that it was was really interesting to watch uh, kim kind of draw on the space and that come was, up yeah, with the yeah. information that she did I, I i feel badly that um she wasn't able to continue doing that because i think she was kind of on a track there but we did see how that started to affect her especially at the end of the courthouse unfortunately sure. personally sure. however um your experiences were were very very interesting and seeing the reactions with you and the rem pod um not something we've ever seen before. So the voice that Paul picked up, was that good or bad? No, no. Could go either way. Could go either way. Paul? But you walked away feeling good. I walked away. This was I probably the only time during this entire show where I said, cool, that experience was a good one, a comfortable I one. I feel good about that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. After that, it's all hell. So Paul, good segue. Uh, how would you feel about Cooper's Inn? Yeah, it was fine cool it's a competent <laughs> episode you know well not the episode the location good to, fi- good to fit into the editor's middle. hat off my good to God. fit into the middle of the season <laughs> um you know it's not an opener or a closer it's kind of like a mid carter uh, the location that was fine nothing happened for me this like, episode was the dolph ziggler of haunted it was the saying? dolph ziggler of haunted cool. yeah it was the austin aries haunted Yeesh. i uh nothing happened for me the voice thing was weird yeah um and uh i still i still don't know what that was couldn't say but the rest of it was all you or uh, to a slightly lesser and different extent kim mm-hmm. uh, i don't think anything happened to holly really other than know. being there when it was happening to other people that's true so it was pretty much a uh, paul and holly free episode that's nice it was it was it was fun um it was i don't like doing small locations like that though because they're yeah. from a purely professional point of view they're hard to film sure yeah and <laughs> so you feel like whatever you can say about the jail mm-hmm. uh, and I can say a lot of things about the jail, at least there was more room in the jail. Yep. So you could, it was hard to sort of be alone in Cooper's Inn. There was only one space that I felt weird about in Cooper's Inn and it was upstairs. That was kind of our almost home base of activity pretty much. Right. But the rest of it was just like, it, it's weird because I, I, I don't like open places. Like the, the courthouse didn't do anything for me because you could see everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I can't be hidden or nothing can be around the corner. It's not, you don't really get into that mindset. Mm. The Yarmouth Jail, however. Ugh. Right. Oh, that was gross. And if there is something out there dealing with us uh, and feeding on our emotions, which mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past, then some of that is if you're in a spookier looking place, your emotions change. Yeah. Um, and heightened, that's for sure. You know, if you're if you're not able to handle it, your emotions change too. And at some point, maybe you have to step away just for your own, if you believe any of this is true, for your own protection. Right. I believe that. Um, so... Yeah, Cooper's Inn. I didn't get any of that. I just thought, yeah, it would be a nice place to stay. Um, Yarmouth Jail, it definitely heightens your your frightening, your frightening factor. You didn't want to stay there? No. And even the Astor Theater. The Astor Theater has, like, especially if you go underneath in the basement, mucho creepy. But yes. the, it's such a large space that for long periods of time, you could be isolated from anyone else. And, um, you know, the, it's almost like being isolated from the pack. 
Mm-hmm. So you're a wildebeest or whatever, and the wolves have you separated. It's pretty hard to do that at Cooper's Inn. I mean, there was no yeah, yeah. real, only if you were upstairs on the third floor, mm-hmm. and maybe if everybody else was downstairs on the first floor. Or and quiet. Or quiet or whatever. But, traveled. but you did have to go up that staircase to get to the third floor. And yeah, you could feel isolated up there. That'd be the one place where maybe. Yes. So maybe there's no coincidence that that's where, you know, all yeah. of the, almost all the activity uh, seemed to happen. Although Kim with her writing thing that was on the second floor. So, yes. Uh, beautiful space, uh, spot to stay Cooper's Inn. If you're ever in Shelburne, go there. I, no one could pay me enough to stay there alone in the Harbor suite, but, uh, yes, yeah, I could for, for <laughs> anybody who may be, you know, taking a vacation in the South shore regions of Nova Scotia, Cooper's Inn is a good place to stay. So next week is, uh, the Yarmouth jail episode part and, one. um, part one. And it, it's quite frankly, as, as I see it, um, just a, the beginning of a downhill trend for what we're dealing with. Uphill for television. Uphill for television. Downhill for uh, everybody involved. But it's fun, right? I'm right, having yes. fun. And who knows? We might have unleashed demons from the basement of the Yarmouth Jail. Why does he keep saying that? While trying to be nice. So sometimes, even if you're, and this is, I'll leave oh, you with this cliffhanger, yeah. folks. Even when you're trying to be nice, maybe, <laughs> maybe it doesn't work. Don't be nice, folks. My name is Dylan Garland. My name is Baphomet Kimball. Aye, yeah, I'm Holly Stevens. And we are... Beyond Haunted. Haunted.